This message was recorded live at Life Church Lancashire, a contemporary Christian church in the north of England. Learn more at lifelanks.org. Hey Life Church, good morning again. If I've not seen you already this year, happy new year. Where have you been? What was your last week? Good to see you this week. And uh, we've got uh, a new series called Building People. And uh, it, this is a, a principle that, that runs through what we do at Life Church, what we believe at Life Church. And we keep coming back to the idea that people are our priority. We need to be reminded, I need to be reminded, that you know, it's not about the programs or anything else, it's about the people. And so we are re-emphasizing from the book of Nehemiah, building people. And so I want us to kind of get that thought that this is what we're about, that God wants to build up people. God is interested in people, and when we're interested in people, not things, then it changes everything. Here's a quote uh, from a guy called John Green. He says, people were created to be loved, things were created to be used. Think about that principle. You may have heard it before. It's a a well-known quote. The world is in chaos because things are being loved and people are being used. And if we think about that principle, it's such a, a, a sound one because the things that really matter to you and me, I'm sure, are the people. It's our families. It's our friends. It's the people around us. That's what matters far more than the things that we have, the car we drive, the house we live in, or whatever. These are important. We can enjoy those things. We can enjoy nice things. God created nice things for us to enjoy. But we've got to remember that it's actually mostly about people, not about things. And so through this series, we're going to have a look again at building people and how that we can be involved in building ourselves up so that we're stronger and how we can build other people. And I want us to kind of think about that quite a bit. So actually, and I challenged you last week to be a bodybuilder. And uh, have you been working out? That's always, a, that's always a nice thing to say to a guy, you know. Look like you work out. That, that, that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe to a a girl as well. But it, it is a good thing. But uh, so just a little tip for you. But we are bodybuilders. Jesus calls the church the body of Christ. That's what the Bible says about the church. And so we are uh, encouraged and responsible, and princ- the principle is that we do build each other up and become bodybuilders. So in the book of Nehemiah, it's a story about rebuilding a wall. But as I said last week, and I just want us to bring us back to this thought and this principle, I believe it's actually a story about building people. And in the building process, there's a lot of battles, but it was all about who they were becoming. And you will find as you build yourself up and build other people up, there will be battles, things that get in the way of you achieving that goal of being built up. But thank God, through the battles, we become. And you know, sometimes we, we, we're, we, we're doing well and, and, and everything's going well for us. But isn't it true that through the challenges of life, that's what proves our mettle? Through the challenges of life, that's what makes us stronger. Through the challenges of, that, as of life, that's what builds spiritual muscle 
not just, uh, you know, the, the thought of, oh, it's all going to be fine. No, there's a battle going to be, but it's about who we are going to become. So I want to remind you a couple of verses from the book of Nehemiah, first of all in, uh, in chapter 1. And we're going to read another, uh, those verses again, a couple of which we, we read last week. But just two verses first of all. And here's the this, this setting just to remind you that God's people were away from their homeland, away from Israel, away from the city of Jerusalem, and in captivity. And in that captivity, they were, they were very much, pretty much slaves in that environment. And uh, some of them had been allowed to go back to start to rebuild the, the community and everything. But uh, he's a guy, Nehemiah, in a prominent position who asked a question of some of the returning people who came back to tell him how things were going. And uh, it said there in Nehemiah chapter 1, in verse 3 it said, this, is, this was the report that Nehemiah received. Things are not going well for those who return to the province of Judah. They are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem has been torn down and the gates have been burned. When I heard this, I sat down and wept. In fact, for days I mourned, fasted, and prayed to the God of heaven. So we can see from that scripture the response in Nehemiah's heart was that he was so upset and so disappointed and so sad at the situation the people were in. It was the people he cared for and the people were in disgrace. It was the people who he cared for and the people were under attack. The people didn't have any security. The people didn't have any future. The people didn't have any hope because their infrastructure is broken down. The walls are broken down. Any kind of protection around them, they were uh, exposed and in danger in that situation. So that's what it was with Nehemiah. That's what upset him. And last week we, we, we looked at a couple of things that Nehemiah saw the problem, he took responsibility, and he did something about it. And as I was saying last week is that's true right now. When we see people in trouble, when we see people in difficulty, we also have a responsibility to do something about it. We can't just say, well, It's okay for me, it's a bit tough for them. For Nehemiah, it was really okay for him. He was in a prominent position. He, you know, had uh, three cooked meals a day. He had a roof over his head. He had everything good going for him, but the people were in a bad situation. So he took, and he took responsibility and did something about it. But I want us to particularly focus today on the, the prayers that Nehemiah prayed and the principle that Nehemiah prayed. As we look through the whole of this book, we say time after time after time, the first thing that Nehemiah did was pray. It wasn't the last resort, it was the first resort. It wasn't the last line of defense, it was the first line of offense to go for something. He prayed to bring changes. And if we can understand that principle, if we can adopt that principle, and if we can live like that, that the first thing we do when we face challenges, actually the first thing we do when we face any single day, is that we pray and we ask God to help us through that day. That begins to create a a far different environment where we have a confidence that what we need to see, God will achieve. A confidence that God has gone before us. 
confidence that God will be with us and the confidence that it will be okay because God's in control. And if we pray and commit things to God, then that happens. That's what happens. So here he was. He's Nehemiah praying. It says he sat down and wept. You know, when, he, when was the last time that you sat down and wept over the plight of someone else? Now, you may have done that for yourself. I'm in trouble here, and you're just like, what can I do? But when was the last time you did that for someone else? Just a rhetorical question. I want you to think about it. But if we really care, we'll be moved to do something about it. It's all right for me. It's never the attitude that we as Christians can take, is it? Never can be, because we are created, we are here to reach and to bless and to help other people. So he mourned. It was, it was re- repentance. He, he, he took responsibility. He fasted. fasted. Fasting going without food for, for a day or for several days, as he did, is not easy. But what it is, it's not, it's not about a process of kind of punishing ourselves and it's definitely not for a diet. That's not what it's about. It's about focusing our mind. And when we fast, it creates time to pray, and it creates a focus to pray for something. So he did that. He fasted, and he prayed. And, and uh, a week tomorrow, we've got a, a week of prayer, and we'll have in that week a day of fasting. We'll tell you a bit more about that next week. But we're going to do that so we can focus our mind for pray for what really matters at this time. So he prayed to the God of heaven. And I love that. You know, he goes right to the, the source. And really, when we are in trouble, sometimes we look to ourselves or look around. But God wants us to learn the principle that we go straight to him. He prayed to the source. He, and he reminded God of his promises. God hadn't forgotten what he promised. But he reminded God, and by doing so, he was reminding himself, and his faith's increasing, that God had promised to bless his people. So Nehemiah's people, for, for Nehemiah, God's people became his passion, his vocation, and his life's ministry. Think about that for a moment. Is it, do, do other people matter to me and to you that much, that they become your passion, that you're passionate about people? Because if we're not passionate Really, are we going to stick with it? Really, are we going to care? Let's, look in, uh, let's go back into chapter 1 and read on a few verses from verse 5. We're looking specifically right now at the prayer that Nehemiah prayed, and we can learn some things from that. So Nehemiah chapter 1 from, from 5, it says this. This is Nehemiah's prayer. Then I said, O Lord God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps His covenant of unfailing love, with those who love him. So, he, so you can see he's, he's saying, God, you know, I know that if we love you, if we follow you, then you'll bless us. You know, obedience always leads to blessing. Always leads to blessing. Great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of failing love with those who love him and obey his commands. Listen to my prayer. Look down and see my, me, me praying night and day for your people Israel. When God looks down at me, does he see me praying night and day for God's people? We have sinned terribly by not obeying the commands, laws, and regulations 
that you gave us through your servant Moses. Please remember what you told your servant Moses. If you sin, I will scatter you among the nations. But if you return to me and obey my commands, even if you are exiled to the ends of the earth, I will bring you back to the place I have chosen you by name to be honored. Just really feel prompted to say, in line with that verse, you may have gone a long way away from God. That might, this might be you right now. You may have gone a long way and think, is there a way back? Absolutely. Absolutely. It doesn't matter how far we've gone, there's always a way back. So if that's the only thing you hear this morning, that'll do. Verse 10, we are your servants, the people you rescued by your great power and might. Oh Lord, please hear my prayer. He does. Listen to the prayers of those who delight in honoring you. Please grant me success now as I go to ask the king for a great favor. Put it into his heart to be kind to me. So I want to have a look at for a couple of moments on what Nehemiah's prayer produced. Nehemiah was a cupbearer to a king. Strong position, but he, he, he tasted the wine, so he, he, he knew what was in the wine cellar. He checked that the wine wasn't poisonous. You know, you only make one mistake in that job, I guess, and then someone else gets a job. But he had this important job for the king. And each day he went before the king, and when he went before the king, he had to have a smile on his face, he had to put his butler poker face on, and he couldn't show any emotion, any negative emotion. Otherwise, the, ki- the king could get rid of him, maybe get it off with his head, it could have been the last you've seen of him, it, that was it. So it was, it was a really difficult position that this guy Nehemiah was. So he needed to pray before he does something. He did something. And I have found that the more time I pray, and you will find the same, that prayer builds us up. Because spending time with God, building our relationship, increasing our intimacy with God, that's what builds us up and gives us confidence. So Nehemiah, this was his experience. So when we pray, we build ourselves up, and when we pray for others, we help to build them up. So just a couple of things quickly that Nehemiah's prayer produced. First of all, God heard him, and he always does. How does this work that there are millions of people all around the world, we could all pray at the same moment, but God clearly hears every single prayer? How does that work? I don't know, but God's bigger than me and you, and so God hears us. So where, whatever it is, God hears. And God heard the cry of Nehemiah. And when God hears our, our prayer when we are in relationship with Him. And if you want your prayers to be answered, come into relationship with God, and then He will hear your prayers. But also, if you want your prayers to be answered, pray in line with God's will and God's Word. If we make a mess and go off on our own, and then say, God, please will you bless the mess? That ain't working, right? That's not working. But when we pray in line with God's will, when we live according to God's word, we don't mess about what we live for God. And when we do that, then God hears and answers and blesses that prayer. Don't expect God to bless our actions that are not in line with God's word. It feels okay. It feels right. If it's not aligned with God's Word, He's not blessing that. I can tell you that for sure, right? On the authority of the Word of God, God, I'm going to do what I want, and then you bless what I… No, no. 
We have to be in line with God's Word. First of all, God's heard his prayer. Secondly, it created an opportunity for him to speak to the king. Because he prayed for four months before he got this opportunity, the opportunity came. And I believe that when we spend time in prayer about situation, it creates opportunities for us to actually do something. Something happens there. God positions us to do something. Had you thought about that God might be positioning you for some reason? That God has put you in the place where you work or the home or the, the street that you live in, etc., or the people that you connect with for a purpose. God's positioned you for a purpose. God is giving, going to give you opportunities where He's positioned you. And when we spend time with God in prayer and we become intimate with God and get to know God and, and open our heart to God and don't try to hide anything from God, God positions us to do things for Him, and opportunities come when we, when we do that. It also built His faith. Now, spending time with God builds your faith. Reading the Word of God and listening to God, that builds our faith. Just taking steps of faith builds our faith. But here's Nehemiah. He spent quality time, significant time with God over these four months, and he built his faith. It built his confidence. Even though he was terrified, as we heard last week, when he spoke to the king, he was still able to take that step of faith, even when he's terrified. And I've found, even when I'm terrified, if I step out, God blesses that. So don't think... When, I, when I'm cool about it, when I'm confident in myself and I'm okay about it, then I'll do that. No, take that step of faith and see what God does next. It's like, you know, any step of faith, God will, will bless in line with His Word. And when we pray sincerely, faith rises, and we begin to believe that God, what God has put in our hearts to happen. Confidence in prayer and God's Word is way better than worrying about it. Trusting in God is better than worrying. Trusting in God is better than trusting in someone else. Trusting in God is better than just hoping something will come up. No, it builds our faith. It builds our confidence in through God hears, gives us opportunity, and faith, faith um, builds. So what do you need? Only you can answer this, right? What do, you, what do you need right now? Well, you'll find the answer on your knees and nowhere else. Now, you don't, have, you don't have to kneel to, to pray. Let's not get hung up on posture, right? But what I, just an expression. When we in prayer, God will show us what we need to do next. The answer is in prayer. It's not in, in the culture. It's in our prayers. And when he, when he became such a good asker, he became brilliant at asking for things because his confidence and his faith, faith grew. And from his prayers, think about it, for four months he's praying, God revealed to him a plan, what he should do next. So when we spend time in prayer, we get a plan. God reveals to us what the next step is. He shows us what, what it is. And you know, when we go on a journey with God, God does not give us a kind of, he doesn't give us the full map. You don't get the whole map, the whole gazetta of everything. No, God says, come on, come on a journey with me, be a follower of me, take this next step. I'll show you the next step, and another step, and another step. Very, oft, very seldom do we see the whole thing panned out. We just say, no, I'm going to trust you, and I'm going to uh, follow you. So he had a plan. It was four months before he got to speak to the king. He had the opportunity to speak to the king. He used the delay to good, for good. 
What do I use and what do you use, your delays, from answers to prayer for? What do you do with the delay? Because there's something significant can happen in that delay. When I've prayed for things and it's taken, in, in some situations, years for that thing to come to pass, what have I done with the delay? For us as Life Church, our dream of this building, what do we do with the delay? Well, in the delay, we build people. In the delay, we built church. In the delay, we worshiped God. In the delay, we did something. We didn't just say, when that happens, this will happen. No, in the delay. And I want to encourage you to keep serving God and keep being faithful to God and keep working in the delay. Don't just wait for that moment, but in the delay, keep on serving God, keep on working God. Use the delay as an opportunity to hear from God. And because... He did that. God gave him a plan. As, as we, and as we look through the, the rest of the chapters in Nehemiah, we see that he had a very a brilliant and detailed plan. Where did that come from? Well, it came from spending time with God because he consistently prayed and God revealed something uh, to him. So he got the plan. And, you know, when he was before the king, he said, King, I want to do this. Send me. Don't send them. Send me. And I often find that when I pray about something, when I see a need, when I see an opportunity, when I see something, the answer to the prayer is often, God says, well, why don't you do something about it? Many of you know this, this to be true from how God has spoken to you over the years. So he, he, came, he had a plan, and he asked for letters for safe travel. He asked for letters so he could have materials. We can read that in, in, in chapter 2. It's there so he could he'd do what he wants. So he, he, got, he got an answer when he prayed. God gives us answers all the time to our prayers. Sometimes that answer is, not yet. Don't enjoy that answer, not yet. I want now. But in the delay, we learn something. So his prayer also produced favor. He said, let the king look upon me favorably. favorably." Easy for me to say. And he got that. The king showed favor to him. And it was God's, in God's opportunity. And I believe that if we stay true to God, we will have favor. There are many situations where I, I, I felt, God, I don't know how we can get through this. I don't know what the answer is here. There, there, is, there are other people in authority that can help us here. And when we pray, God gives us favor and the door opens. Time after time after time, that has happened in in the story of this church, and it will be uh, into the future. I'm absolutely certain because favor opens doors. Favor gives an opportunity. The king said to, to Nehemiah, what would you like me to do for you? How many times, if ever, had the king ever said that? Possibly never. But he had favor with the king because of prayer. He also had protection. He was given letters of protection. He was given an armed guard to go with him, and uh, it went well. So another thing that his prayer produced, and we'll see, we'll see that. Uh, we're going to read a, a couple of verses in, in chapter 2. This is when Nehemiah actually got to Jerusalem. In, overnight, he, he did a bit of an inspection so no one could see him, and he went around looking at uh, the state of the walls. He saw them broken down and the mess. He was kind of doing an assessment, and it's a good principle here. Before we sort of tell everybody what God said, we need to think it through. 
Before we tell everybody what's going to happen, we need to have a plan. And in leadership, uh, it's t- certainly true, we, we need to test it and pray it through before we come up with it. But, but in every situation, if God's put something on your heart, take the time to pray it through so that God gives you a plan. And here's what happened. The plan produced agreement. And in chapter 2 and, uh, and verse 17... Uh, we've got that. Then I told them. He met the officials, uh, the, the important people, the priests, and, and so on that were, were at Jerusalem. He said, then I told them about the gracious hand of God had been, had been on me. About my conversation with the king, they replied at once, yes, let's re- rebuild a wall. So they began the good work. So what happened here was, Nehemiah's meeting with the people who lived in Jerusalem. He's meeting with the people who had authority. He's meeting with the people who had collectively ignored the fact that the walls were broken down for 93 years and had done nothing about it. He meets them, but as soon as he tells them what God said, there's an agreement. He said, let's rebuild the wall. They all got into agreement. And you know, when we absolutely hear from God, there will be agreement. It won't just be us. It'll be people together. That's the story of this church. As we've agreed together, God has achieved so much for us. There's incredible power in agreement. When we agree together, it will be done. Jesus said, you know, and ask anything in my name, it shall be done. When two or three are gathered together, you know, there's an agreement. There's an agreement when we come together and believe for things. I want to encourage you in life groups and, uh, and when you meet other Christians in here, you chat and pray together. Come to agreement because there's power in agreement and God can do something and that's what happened. In spite of opposition, we'll hear about that Next week, in spite of opposition, they were still able to do that. They came to success. Nehemiah was able to confidently say in chapter 2, verse 20, the God of heaven will help us succeed. There's confidence. There's confidence in that in Nehemiah's prayer. And we can see how much that prayer produced. But what can we do with that our, ourselves? What, what does that mean? What can we learn from the prayer of Nehemiah. Well, as I've said several times this week and last week, pray first. Pray first. Don't, when you've exhausted every other option, oh, we better pray about it. No, let's pray first. Simple, but profound, and life-transforming if we pray first. Commit the Bible says that we commit our plans to the Lord and our plans will succeed. It doesn't say plan, then commit. No, let's pray first and commit everything to God. That's that we pray first. You know, if you look at your prayer life, if you were able to record your prayer life over the last couple of weeks, for example, and I hope that's a quite a long, would be quite a long recording, but if you did do, but if you did do that, what your prayer life would reveal is, would be what you really love. Because you pray for what you love. You pray for your family. You pray for things that, you know, that, that, that affect you. But you know, when we, if we look at it, take a kind of a, a cross-section of our prayer life, and we say that we're beginning to pray for other people, it proves that we love people. It proves that we've got a compassion for people. It proves that we can empathize with people. So pray first. Have faith in God. What you pray reveals what you love. Pray confident prayers. You know, it's no point, well, I may, I'll give it, to, I'll pray because uh, I've tried everything else and it might work. No, that's, those prayers don't, don't work, right? 
We pray confident prayers. When we pray confident prayers, faith-filled prayers, faith in God, not in our own abilities, then those prayers get answered. Pray bold prayers. Ask God what you really need and what you really care about. I'm not, uh, God, I'm sorry to bring you this, and, uh, you know, I don't want to bother you with this. No, pray bold prayers. Pray bold prayers to get answers. Pray specific prayers. Be clear about what you're asking for. You know, like a child who prays and says, you know, bless mommy and daddy and and the cat and and grandma and granddad and everybody else. That, there's, I'm I'm not demeaning that prayer, but what I'm saying is adults, we need to pray specific prayers, not just general prayers, specific prayers. I believe we should pray audacious prayers, prayers that are way bigger than us, needs that are way bigger than you have the capacity to, to be the answer to, prayers that you don't know how the answer is going to be, but we need to pray big, audacious prayers and believe for incredible things. I want to challenge you this week to write down one audacious prayer for for yourself, between you and God, and say, God, I'm believing for this big thing. You know, what does, what's that going to look like? You know, I, I've got a couple of things that I'm praying for this year, as I said last, last week, to finish this building this year. Nehemiah finished the walls in 52 days. We're going to finish this in 52 weeks. That I'm believing for. It's an audacious prayer. I don't know how that prayer is going to be answered, right? We haven't got the capacity or the resources, obviously, that we can see. But I'm praying an audacious prayer. And I want you to stand with me to pray, pray that. And God's will will be done in that, I'm sure. So what's yours? I mean, it's an audacious prayer for you to pray for your circumstances to be transformed when they've been as they were for many, many years. You say, well, you know, I I, I struggle with depression. There's one example. And and it runs through my family, my parents, my grandparents. Here's an audacious prayer. God, can you break this from me this year? Can you bring change this year? I'm, I'm believing with you. If you're going to pray that, I will stand with you and believe for that to be broken. God, I need a new job this year. I need a job this year. God, I, I, I need a home this year. And, and I need healing this year. What's your big, audacious, bold prayer this year? Go for it. Absolutely go for it. That breakthrough, it's there. Let's play, believe. Let's pray for it. Let's pray audacious prayers, way bigger than we could ever be. And you know what? When we pray, protect that prayer. Because when you start stepping out in faith, praying a big, bold, and audacious prayer, there'll always be voices that tell you why that can't happen. There might be friends that tell you that can't happen. But if you believe from God, stick with that. In Nehemiah, it tells us in the next chapter, in chapter 3, when they came under attack, that it says, we prayed and posted a guard day and night. Clever. So he doesn't say, well, prayer... You know, we'll just pray about it. These guys who want to attack us, we'll, we'll pray about it. No, because sometimes prayer's not enough. You have to do something. Did he actually say prayer's sometimes not enough? I did. Because you have to do something. They prayed and they posted a guard. So if they were under attack, they were ready to defend that. And I, will, I believe that sometimes when God puts something on our heart that we're praying through, we're going to keep praying through, you also need to post the guard day and night. You also need in that situation to protect 
yourself from the negative voices, to protect yourself from the naysayers that would steal that dream from you. So pray and post a guard. Even God had said, even though it was going to happen, they still did that. Building people. I want you to be built up this year, each and every one of us. The answer, it's not a secret, the answer to that is spending time with God, telling God what's on your heart, listening to what's on His heart. God, you know, break my heart. We used to sing a song, break my heart for what break yours. Let God, what, what, what's on your heart? What do you want me to do? God, open my eyes to the needs around me. God, show me what you want to do. God, God help me to, to, to move from, from, from inactivity to actually doing something to bring change in yeah, our communities. And this morning, I want, I want to pray for you. Discover more about us at lifelanks.org and stay inspired by subscribing to the podcast via iTunes. Thanks for listening.